This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of FNI Rap Chat uh, with myself, Paul Butler Lennox. Um, happy winter! It's awful out there. Uh, it's great to be indoors in a nice, warm studio. Um, just a couple of uh, words of thanks um, for some FNI-related events that we had recently. We had the Art of Voiceover in the really beautiful uh, surroundings of the new Headstuff Podcast Network uh, studios. Uh, the podcast studios. It's uh, it's uh, really impressive what they've pulled off here. So for all of your audio needs uh, in terms of uh, recording, composition, voiceover, various bits and pieces for film and TV, they're fully stacked and ready to go uh, for you here. So, you know, if you're interested in having a look at the space, taking a tour or having a look, generally speaking, around, uh, you're more than welcome to email uh, paddy at headstuff.org and paddy will... Uh, We'll take you through uh, what's available here. Um, also, massive thanks to Roger Gregg for our Art of VoiceOver workshop at the weekend. It went tremendously well. Um, yes, yeah, so, some really overwhel- overwhelmingly positive feedback, and we were really we it was really enjoyable. Um, and we'll be we'll be running uh, a couple of other different o- audio and voice based uh, workshops uh, coming up. Uh, in the next couple of months, so keep an eye on, on our social networks for that. Um, also, we have a couple of workshops coming up with Film Network Ireland over the next uh, month or two. Uh, first of which um, is a it's a class, uh, it's a series of classes for young people who are looking to gain uh, some hands-on experience in uh, in uh, um, acting for uh, TV and film. Uh, this has been uh, hosted by uh, Dara O'Toole. Dara O'Toole is a an actor um, whose credits include uh, Red Rock. He played a prominent character uh, in Red Rock for uh, you know quite a while, um, and he's in the new series of Blood with Adrian Dunbar. And he has some you know really impressive credits. He's been on Moonboy and so on. If those things mean anything to you. Uh, also, be it would be a, a really great gift for uh, young people this Christmas. Um, that will be happening uh, from the 11th of January in Dublin Business School uh, on Balfe Street. That's a couple of doors up from the Westbury. Uh, and we're being uh, proudly supported by Dublin Business School, DBS, um, who are helping us out with a number of classes over the next while. Uh, equally, uh, a big thanks to our sponsors, main sponsors, um, Wildcard Distribution, who are always being sound, supporting our events and uh, this podcast in particular. So, uh, yeah, for all your distribution needs, give them an old shout and they'll look after you there. Uh, today, we um, haven't just been back from the Cork Film Festival, haven't literally just got back a couple of days ago. 
Um, we met some wonderful people. Um, we ran our, our own uh, networking event, which was uh, really, really, really successful. We had a we had a great uh, a great couple of hours just getting people to meet each other and engage with each, with each other one on one, and it's. That's one of the joys uh, of mine in particular on the podcast um, is to get out and meet people and have a chat with them and encourage them to meet other people and leave any preconceptions they have at the door. Uh, equally, we, d- we did a couple of podcasts uh, there with uh, uh, Pippa Cross, a producer who produced My Left Foot, uh, director Aoife Crean and uh, MD of Deadpan Pictures, Paul Donovan. So uh, listen out for that. And if it's gone out already, uh, I hope you enjoyed it. Um, so yeah, today one of one one of the lovely people that we met at the Cork Film Festival is a Dublin native uh, composer, uh, and am I right in saying classical violinist? Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm glad I got that right. Emer <laughs> uh, uh, Kinsella or Kinsella? Kinsella, yeah, Kinsella. Yeah, I always when I, I was Field of Dreams made me mix that up. Uh, Kinsella, Kinsella. <laughs> Uh, how are you doing? Good. Hey, great to be on the show. Uh, yeah, it's, it's great to have you on. Uh, and you live in Los Angeles. <laughs> yep, LA yeah, right now. How's that? Um, nice. Yeah, I really like it over there. Yeah, been there about three years now. Okay. Yep. It, I, I, it's a d- different. I'd say it's a completely different kettle of fish, isn't it? It's quite different than here. Yeah, it's it's nice and warm all the time. So. <laughs> well, that, yeah, that's always a plus, I guess. <laughs> And do you drive? Like, like yeah. you, you have to drive over had, there, right? Yeah, I had to drive when I moved there, actually. So first I was terrified. And before, I'd studied in Chicago just before moving to L.A. Yeah. So I tried to get my license just before moving to L.A. It took me three times, even though it was just about driving around the block. <laughs> my God. Um, but yeah, it took, took some time to adjust to it. Um, but yeah, I drive all the time. Yeah. Um, so why L.A.? What, what, why was the work? Obviously. Yeah, for the work. Um, so after, yeah, after I left Dublin um, when I was 18, then I moved around Europe, um, London and Vienna I lived in, and Berlin for one year. And then I decided to do a master's in film scoring at Columbia College Chicago. So I went over there, and then we kind of, the whole class kind of geared towards moving to L.A. at the end. Um, so then I ended up, yeah, in L.A., but mm. yeah, for the industry, it's it's a pretty good place. That's where you need to be, right? Yeah. Um, how? <laughs> so let, let, let's go back a little bit and just talk about you kind of. I guess your starts. You moved quite early, obviously, uh, away from Ireland. Um, what was your? Did you know you wanted to end up in this, or did you? Were you very much focused on your music that led to other aspirations in terms of what you could do to bring a grander? Uh, a grander uh, job opportunity and experience, I guess. Like, what happened there? Yeah, well, I've played violin my whole life since I was two years old. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, so I moved to London then for an undergrad in violin performance. And, I'd, yeah, I had no idea that I'd go into film scoring. And I took, like, an elective there on uh, media composition, electronic music, and I really loved it. Mm-hmm. And that's where I was kind of thinking, oh, th- this is another area I could go, like, expand into. Um, and then that that idea kind of grew on me over time. And then I started doing also more crossover violin performances. Um, and then, yeah, then I just kind of went full into the film scoring mm-hmm. world as well. Yeah. Great. Um, so do you gig? Do you gig independently as well? Or yeah. You're gun for hire or violin for hire? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I do. I still do, like. Violin a lot, so it's almost like fifty percent violin performances yeah. and fifty percent um, composition. 
Right. And clearly, like, where is it for you? Is it like, do you, do you prefer the buzz of live performance or do you like doing it 15 times on microphone? <laughs> uh, yeah, I do, well, I do a lot of sessions, so a lot of behind the microphone, but I do love the buzz of live performing, um, especially when it's uh, my own music as well. Yeah. So, um, yeah, getting there out there and performing kind of new works in like and combining it with electronics as well that that for me is i really love doing so um yeah but it brings in composition and it brings in my own voice as well so i think more than just playing classical music which was kind of someone else's voice um yeah, whether it's compose, just composing or performing my own works, that's kind of... That's an, where it's at. Yeah. It's great to be part of a team and to contribute to an overall vision about something. But yeah. Ideally, yeah. You, want, you want to lead the band, as it were. Um, well, I love that. Yeah, I love that aspect. And then I love the collaborative aspect of film scoring. So mm-hmm. kind of both, yeah, both both worlds. It's kind of... Merging together yeah. kind of thing. Okay. Um, and you're from Dublin, so you're from the no- you're from the north side. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Malahide. Malahide, right? yeah. Malahide, okay. And uh, what would be your kind of earliest, uh, I suppose, influences in terms of your music, but also in film? <coughs> um, probably listening to um, composers like Michael Nyman in the piano. Mm-hmm. Um that was an early piano piece when I was practicing piano that once I heard that in the radio, I just listened to it nonstop. And I think everyone else did because in secondary school, nearly everyone was <laughs> playing that one piece. Right. Um, and then Philip Glass, uh, especially the film The Hours, um, after I watched that, I was very hooked into into the minimal minimal world of that kind of sound. Yeah. Um, so they'd be my earliest influences. Uh, also Michael Nyman in the film Gattaca. Yeah, I love that score. Yeah, yeah. Was it, well, you might correct me on this if I'm wrong, but I think it was Michael Nyman who was still was he working as a plumber or like a or he was shifting furniture in one of the cities, maybe New York. Um, that might be f- well. Philip Glass was a taxi driver in New York, I think. Yeah. Um, but could yeah, I'm not sure about Michael Nyman there. Yeah, like there's the preconception that once you score a film or things are from the outside looking in going well that you're on the pig's back and. You know, it's champagne and strawberries um, all the time, but um, primarily a lot of people, especially in, you know, I'd imagine in the States where they're very, they, you know, there's more or less zero supports for you if you're not working in between in between gigs. You mm-hmm. have to kind of do anything to get by. Not, not anything, but, you know, yeah. you have to do what you have to do to get by. Is that very much the case living in Los Angeles? Um, not yeah. necessarily yourself, but even some friends and colleagues that you have. Yeah, yeah, it is. It can be a struggle. It's like just kind of finding a way to keep everything going, even even mm-hmm. if your main your main career is not not bringing in all the income. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, like working as a violinist as well as composer kind of helps fill in. Subsidising yeah. between. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you also just pulling up your IMDb earlier. <laughs> you seem to be doing a lot of. Intre- obviously your own uh, compositions uh, for uh, individual uh, pieces and particularly some stuff over here which we'll get to later uh, but y- how do you find working in like a studio environment like a big like Hollywood studio environment for you know these temple type TV series and movies um, yeah it's nice it's I work, get to work with different teams depending on the project so recently I was working on a, on a Netflix film um, and then you're on that team and then um, before I've worked on uh, the 
also a Netflix show, Sense Eight, with Johnny Climac and his team. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of you kind of get to join project by project, kind of different people and, and see different different ideas and approaches. Um, so yeah, I would say that, and then working with the filmmakers and the directors and kind of seeing different um, their different perspectives and and how they're working with music team and kind of how things grow is it, ex- is it exciting or does the novelty wear off after the second session <laughs> on, on, on a different film uh, it's exciting maybe, maybe when you're up against a deadline and you're doing all nighters then it's a, li- <laughs> a little a little well, less nothing exciting mo- nothing, mo- nothing motivates like a deadline though does it you know in terms right. of work yeah. Um, so yeah I mean you, you mentioned uh, Sense8 there that is it's a great TV show for start um, and obviously cut way too short as well yeah it's pretty um, what was it like working on something like that and did you work with the Wikowskis I can't even Wikowski's. say Wikowskis uh, directly what was that like um, I didn't get to work with them directly so okay. yeah the composer that I was working with Johnny Klimek, um he was working directly with them um, but uh, yeah doing getting to do create different soundscapes with uh, with my violin and doing arrangements. Um, that was exciting because, um, yeah, there's a lot, of, a lot of different thematic ideas that come out of that show. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it crosses all different cultures in these different countries. Um, so just kind of connecting, connecting with the music, with those ideas. And, and also, you know, something created by the Bukowskis is also always very deep and meaningful. Yes, of course. Um, and also, you know... Uh, like it, thematically as well, it's it's an important TV show in terms of some of the themes that are being explored, um, particularly in in, in gender and 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 uh, uh, you know in in that regard, that must have been exciting. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. To be part of something that would be you know, which is something different that people will return to. Yeah, you know? yeah. It's yeah. Some, it was something new out there, especially on Netflix. Um, yeah. And I was a fan of the first season before I'd even met Johnny and so it was great to be involved from the second season onwards yeah um but yeah it's definitely got you know a unique voice from the filmmakers and uh and then also through the music so, yeah yeah those kind of projects what, what's it like working on something like that and then going going into to <laughs> to do a bit you know on something like say mechanic resurrection Different breed of animal altogether, I'd say. Oh yeah, that, yeah, that's quite different. <laughs> yeah. Um, th- that was with composer Mark Isham. Um, mm-hmm. He's worked on a lot of different films and shows. In no way am I insinuating that one piece of work is better than the other, uh, <laughs> but it's a different way of working, I'd imagine. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Di- yeah it's, it's it's quite di- yeah different music and different approach. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it just kind of depends on the team and um, what's happening really. Um, but uh, yeah, that was also a good project to work on. Yeah. Um. So, uh, what what brings you back? What why are you back? Obviously, the Cork Film Festival. But why? Yes. Um, yes, I'm back here in Ireland for the Cork Film Festival. Um, so I got to work with Katie McNeese, the director, on um, her lovely short film in Orbit, which showed at the Cork Film Festival. Mm-hmm. Um, it also showed at a bunch of other festivals. It premiered at Galway Film Fla, uh, which unfortunately I missed, but. Glad to, glad to have seen it at the Cork Film Festival. Yeah, um, yeah. We um, we were kind of working on that. Sc- I was working on the score while skyping Katie for a few months um, while she was here in Dublin. And I was in LA. I suppose this is you saying that you're available for work, <laughs> and that and that distance isn't a factor. Oh, yeah. <laughs> especially yeah, 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 especially for like Irish projects and stuff. But yeah, um, what was it like to work on that? 
Yeah, it was great. Um, but yeah, it was it was wonderful to work with an, an Irish voice, um, and it's yeah, it's a unique film. Um, she started by giving me words about the concept, and I just kind of dove into the into the concepts and kind of created music material from my, kind of what I got out of the emotions that came out of the script and and her key words. Um, and mm. then before she'd shot it, I I wrote kind of like a suite. Um, which which connected very well after to the material that she shot then and mm-hmm. yeah the, the kind of the tone it was, it was my kind of film to work on so it was kind of you'd free reign to kind of explore yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I I know like even from my own experience and some some friends of mine who are directing as well it's always for me anyway it's 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 good to have either a catalog or a sense of what people are doing or very much a collaboration from the get go. Bef- even before you put pen to paper, yeah, so that you have number one a soundtrack to your life, as it were, right? To score it, you know, and 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 work around that and work it. Uh, is that is that in your experience? Is that when wh- at what point do you come in primarily on a project, whether it be a short or whatever else? Do you come at the very start? Or yeah, do they approach you and go, you know. It's always different, actually. Usually, it's more more often than not. Is it, I come in at the end um, when they've got at least a um, a cut together. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, yeah, it's it's more unusual to be brought in earlier on or before it's shot. Um, but I th- I find that to be the more unique experiences. So it was great working with Katie and her bringing me in, me in earlier on it was more like a collaboration that continued over time mm-hmm. and and then I you know was really absorbed into the into the material um and then the underlying concept and then that just kind of grew as as the as the footage came together um and especially yeah it was kind of a diff- different experience writing the suite before the film was actually ready mm-hmm. so mo- mo- yeah most of the time I'll like look at the footage and then start putting material together um but it's yeah it's it, I think different ideas come out depending on which approach you do. And, like, you know, I, I'm not sure which one's better. It really depends each time. But um, but this one was really enjoyable doing it this way. Yeah, I guess maybe a little bit more time is helpful, though, right? To yeah. come back and relayer it and reanalyze it. And yeah, well, I, th- I think you get deeper with um, the director's vision as well. Yeah. It's not so much like, okay, just quickly do something at the end. <laughs> yeah. You just throw, throw a track on that, wouldn't you? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, over time you kind of absorb more of 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 the emotions and the ideas, and um, then just connecting it um, when you get the materials. Then later, so yeah, I really really enjoyed that approach, especially working with with um, like Katie's a great writer, so the, the script had already won awards before she'd shot it. Mm-hmm. Um, so her kind of visual descriptions were really great to work with. See a lot of material to latch on to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, which I'd imagine you don't always have, especially if you're coming late to something. Yeah. Um, so, being a dub, you know, this is something that I wanted to explore with you in particular. Um, what are the main differences that you see? Now I know you haven't lived here for you know for, for a while, um, but what are the main differences that you can see in terms of working in the states and working over here? Um, yeah, tricky to know. Um, yeah, I have been away so long and I've actually been, you know, just also we've had Ireland week happening in LA. So I've been kind of meeting different Irish people coming over recently. Yeah. yeah. Um, just kind of figuring out 
what's happening over here from talking to them and oh there's a creative boom here you know yeah particularly a crossover with theater and different medias and yeah it seems to be things are expanding and i'm i keep hearing more production studios coming over here to film as well so Mm -hmm. um so I don't know exactly what it's like now to work here. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't tell you to be honest. <laughs> I can lie if you like. Um, but but it's but it's nice to hear what's happening and to make connections while I'm over there. Always making you know connections back here because I, I you know I think that's that's important no matter where I am mm. um, to still get to work on Irish content and see how things are developing. Yeah, and you still yeah. very much want to be a part of what's happening here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, these yeah, things are growing. Yeah, no, no, without, without, without. Um, um, and a common thing that kind of comes up, a question we often ask uh, people that come in, regardless of their level of experience. Um, as I was saying beforehand, this podcast is very much about the chats that you'd like to have with somebody who's doing a job that you would like to do. <clears throat> um, have, would you have any advice, in particular? Um, uh, for young, maybe musicians or classical classical musicians or people who are not really sure what they want to do, but they know that they're good at something. Have you any advice for them or for your younger self <laughs> as to kind of what you should and shouldn't do in the next few years? Yeah, I think uh, maybe researching paths of other people that they admire um, or reaching out to, to people that, that through that research that they've stumbled upon. Um, and then just kind of developing their own voice, just keep, keep writing, keep trying out new things, um, kind of expanding on what you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think try to collaborate with anyone you can as well, um, especially people who are better than you because then you learn from them. Mm-hmm. Um and Ain't that yeah. the truth? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I would say they're the main points, and yeah, I'd keep researching people, you know, and see what they're doing. And Don't be afraid to knock on doors. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, reach yeah. out, reach out to people. people. People are usually, uh, in my yeah. experience, really great. Yeah. You know, if they have time, if, you, if you're lucky enough to get them for a start, because sometimes it's very hard to, you know, actually get hold of people. Yeah. That are, you know, relatively high up. Um, but yeah. Um, how do you personally deal with rejection? Um, rejection, I guess, you know, just taking it down to that moment. Uh, well, yeah, growing up as a violinist, you know, there was a lot of rejection you had to deal with. So I probably got used to it from competitions, you know, <laughs> that I grew up with. Um, but yeah, it can it can be hard, but just keep, you know, find another route to to the whatever you're trying to achieve um and don't take it don't take it too personally it could just be that moment and even making a connection with someone even if you didn't move forward with what what you wanted there that connection might prove to be valuable later down the road you know and then just keep writing other things and expanding um and then at some point you know the right moment will line up with what you're doing so even if it was rejection earlier on that could lead to you learning something that'll that'll prove more valuable later down the road so box clever, <laughs> yeah. Um, have you had? Uh, do you, how important is a positive attitude in terms of what you do, in terms of uh, job prospects, and, you know, prospecting for future work? Yeah, you know, it's really important. People are always kind of watching their people around them and their environment, and you know, positive attitudes can definitely help you get get in the door somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and yeah, people yeah people notice it, and even if you just keep moving forward, you never know where you'll end up, kind of thing. So just yeah. keeping that positive <laughs> attitude, even though it might be hard. Um, yeah, it 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 often comes up um, over the years, um, certainly in circles um, that I run in, is that you know, it's great. Like if you're an incredible talent, you need to be like very very good and an asshole <laughs> to get ahead you know I've often been told that you know people would you know they'd rather work with someone who's professional and dedicated and sincere um, sometimes even over the best person that has been in for that job mm. because they know that they'll get in general you know less of a headache in the long term do you think that's is that yeah. something that happens yeah that's definitely true yeah yeah the, yeah People want to know that they're around people they can rely on and just bring a positive attitude. Yeah. Over, yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. What, what's your best experience on on a gig so far? You can't say in orbit. We leave that one out. <laughs> best experience. Um, Did you have a goosebump moment at all on any gig over the last few years? Um. Yeah. I'm trying to think now. Um. Let me see. Working on there's a yeah documentary feature film that I worked on called Faith. Um, that was that was really nice to work on with the the director and um, her team. Um, yeah, I think kind of just getting to the end of a, of a project and kind of especially when it's that length. Um, it's a feature doc, is it? Or yeah, um, just yes, kind of seeing. This, the sounds you've come up with and created with to you know mold that that world of the film. Mm-hmm. Um, I think yeah, and then getting to see that in festivals as well. I think that's that's always always great. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Do you know anything about the actual? Well, you, of course you have. You've seen it. <laughs> <laughs> what's what's, uh, what's it about? Um, it's about a um, a couple, uh, one from New York, one from Kenya, mm-hmm. um, and. They're uh, yeah, they're married, and the Kenyan woman is introducing her wife to um, her family back in Kenya. Um, so there's kind of a cultural clash, and um, the introduction you know doesn't go so well, and then it just kind of follows them through their time. Also, she has a kid as well, so um, their time there in Kenya. But it showed at the Atlanta and Vancouver LGBT film festivals. Okay. Yeah, so I went out to Atlanta to see that. Okay, yeah, great experience. Always, yeah. always good to sit in front of an audience. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, on, right? mm-hmm. I mean, like there are a number of layers in a film, obviously, and you know, when you see your bits, you know, or your work on something, uh, you know, um, have an impact on an audience in some capacity. I mean, a brilliant score can really lift something that's good and make it really great. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, have you had a couple of moments like that where you're like, oh, that got them? <laughs> or you know, where you're kind of in the front row looking around because you know that the the punchline is coming as it were, and you go, ah, there you go. Have you had moments like that with the score? With yeah, with scores? your work. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Over the summer, there was the um in L. A. There was the La- uh, Los Angeles Shorts. Oh, what's it called? L. A. Uh, I think L. A. Shorts International Shorts Festival. Mm-hmm. Um. There's a film I worked on there called Mothers. Um. It's, that's a really nice film about uh, empty nest syndrome. Okay. Yeah. And there was the end scene, which 
Um, she actually wanted kind of some some barons in the background, so almost like a, a Celtic funeral. Yeah. Um, so I layered that with violins and electronics, and that was actually pretty impactful in, in the theater watching it uh, in, in the cinema. Um, so I got, yeah, when I got to the end, it, it was kind of mostly music and yeah, I was, I think people noticed the score quite a bit in that one. Yeah. So it's really important to be good at that. Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> not, yeah. It's nice to feel that in, in the cinema. We're like, Oh, this is my music kind of vibrating that scene. So do you feel as, yeah, it's, I, I suppose it's wonderful to feel as if it's having, you know, an emotional punch or reaction yeah. on people. That's why you do it, right? Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> what was it like to work on that in particular? Mothers. It was uh, that's Leslie Murphy, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. What was um, that like? Yeah, yeah. It was nice working with her on that film. Um, it was yeah, like again a, a collaboration of just talking about the emotions, um, especially the kind of the loneliness that the mother feels. Um, I love topics like that where you're kind of delving into their internal kind of fr- the fragility of of like the human spirit. Um, you know, she's, as, you know, her daughter's just gone off to college, but she's kind of, you know, kind of tormenting herself being alone now without having someone to look after. Um, so, yeah, I just like... Take what, what do I do? They're gone. Kind of <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So kind of dramas where you get to play with emotions and sadness and, and loss. That's uh, probably stories like that I really enjoy delving into the music with because there's a lot of like tenderness especially I can do with violin Mm. and um, yeah just creating layers um, like moodiness kind of just grabbing the the scene and kind of going along with with the the heaviness of the the emotions there Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, do you um, now obviously you don't have to be best mates with everyone that you work with Mm. but do you think it's important to establish a shorthand with a director or a, a key creative Insofar as, you know, you suggest something and they go, yeah, you know, as opposed to, you know, obviously, you know, it's not as simple as that all the time. You have to work your way through it to get to it, you know, get to the finish line, as it were. But um, how often does that happen? And do you think that makes for a better collaboration? So shorthand is in... As in a mutual understanding of the tone and you suggesting work or a couple of melodies and they go, yeah, bang on, thank you. Yeah, I think it's good... um taking a key scene and and starting with that to just get their get the director's attention you know it can be like is this get the, the a scene that means a lot to them and kind of showing okay this is this is kind of tackling with with the concept here um yeah i found taking like scenes which are not as impactful and then starting with them can can make the process longer so kind of going straight for the more impactful scenes um you can start getting more of a dialogue about what works with that and then spreading that I, those ideas over throughout the film. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so getting like I suppose two or three key. Yeah, get, yeah, getting handles on mm-hmm. on the overall tone. Right, and and working your way around the other parts. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. Uh, yes, yeah. So, so maybe yes, a motif that goes throughout, but it might be more effective on a particular scene, and then you can start with that, and then kind of spread that apart yeah I'd imagine it could work out more expensive for people if that doesn't happen <laughs> <laughs> where it's just going on and on and on and look, I can't do it it's four o'clock in the morning good luck get somewhere else <laughs> um, what do you like where do you see yourself in five years now um, where like ideally where do you want to be in the near future 
in terms of your career? Um, well, a lot of my idols right now. So, whilst first it was like Philip Glass, but and he was a perf performer, composer, and now other idols of mine are people like Olaf Arnolds and Max Richter. <laughs> Um, so I love how they're, you know, creating also concerts um, and often with uh, kind of social ideas, bringing people together. I, so I like being effective with music in different ways, performing as well as composing for film and TV. Um, so in the future, yeah, I'd, I'd, I've put, I've created my own immersive concerts as well yeah. that have about community connection and um I want to do more of that um, and also performing my own works um, and writing music for film, TV, uh, video games also. Because God knows there's no money in CD sales anymore, yeah, is yeah. there? <laughs> <laughs> Does, is that part of it now as well? I mean, is there, like, obviously you have the payment for the actual job when you're working on something, but I mean, when you look at someone like Zimmer going out and doing, you know, arenas all over the world mm. and taking his clothes off, as I saw a couple of weeks ago <laughs> for some reason... Um, you know, like a rock star. Um, well, some of his clothes. Um, is that? Does that? Would you imagine that that's filtering in into the consciousness of of people, and they are, you know, composers who realise that their work needs to be performed in a live setting as well as studio recorded. Yeah, I think I think it's becoming even more important that there's been the time that com you know computers have kind of taken over a large um, proportion of what we do mm -hmm. um, and people are kind of recognizing that still you know live performances are even more important now with film music too because it's the audiences who enjoy hearing film music live and um, and just having that organic connection of mm -hmm. being able to perform your music as well as writing it you know especially when so much technology is, you know, takes over our world. <laughs> yeah. yeah but, uh, stay away from a lot of art artificial uh, sound generators, if that's the case. <laughs> um, but yeah. But, but there's a huge market for it, right? I mean, even over here, some of the big Williams scores have like, and obviously in the States, you know, people are coming in their troves to just sit through an orchestra. And, yeah. And some, and, and some playbacks of, you know, scenes and stuff. Yeah. They love it. Yeah. And I, I've seen them preparing for the, the Hans Zimmer tour because I was working over at um, Hans Zimmer Studios and Bleeding Fingers Music right. um, a year ago. And, uh, yeah, there's... Um, I mean, what? Yeah, what he's doing, t touring. I mean, I mean, it's great, you know. <laughs> it's, great, it's great that he's bringing his music now to so many different audiences. Um, but... Uh, yeah, so <laughs> they're out touring. Any, uh, apart from yourself, any uh, interesting uh, composers, ideally Irish, um, but, you know, composers that people need to kind of watch out for. Or, you know, if you're on Spotify, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Oh, stuff. yeah, yeah, I'm on S Spotify. The, the soundtrack to In Orbit is online um, on Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, um, most streaming platforms, so you can look that up on Emer Kinsella or In Orbit soundtrack. Okay. Um, Anyone out there excite you in terms of in terms of other uh, people out there that are on the same level kind of thing? Um, yeah, there's well, probably who I mentioned like Olaf Arnolds. Um, mm. Then there's um, the new the new the composer who just did the Joker in Chernobyl, Hildur. 
I can't say her last name. She Good Johnson is there or something? Or yes, yeah, yeah. Scandinavian in here. Yeah, yeah. She's doing really well. So and she's a cellist, um, kind of creating unique sounds with um, field recordings and cello. So she, yeah, she's very unique. Um, definitely great to see, to see the kind of work she's doing at the moment and getting big projects, which is nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, um, so, what's it like being back in Dublin? Um, Any changes you've noticed? Let's talk about something else. That's yeah. not film related. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, okay, okay, okay. Um, yeah, no, it's nice to be back. Um, walk, yeah, walk, getting to walk along Malahide Beach. That's always nice. Got to remember my childhood. <laughs> yeah. Have um, you noticed any changes in terms of, you know, as we touched upon a little bit earlier there? Um, there's a lot of creative changes and opportunities here that may not have necessarily been available to you when you were here had you stayed and, and studied uh, or worked lo- actively looked for work here. Um, have you noticed anything else about uh, the changes in, in Ireland, apart from all the buildings? Oh, um, Physical changes? Or yeah. F- <laughs> well, I, you know, I've seen a lot of changes in the restaurants and it's there seems to be a, a lot more people here on the streets <laughs> just trying to walk around that's it's an important point yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. Um, it's gone you know wildly out of control <laughs> here in a country that it shouldn't uh, you know, I mean if you look at other countries like of a similar size like Denmark and Switzerland uh, you know it's you know less of a less of a, 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 a visible problem for a start mm. of course there are homeless people in those in those places but they seem to uh they seem to have you know regulations in order to help them particularly when the weather changes mm. you know insofar as you wouldn't see people uh, particularly in switzerland because i spent a lot of time in switzerland um yes. you just you see them but you know they all have a place to go at the end of the night mm. And there's ne- people are never turned away in terms of accommodation, in terms of homeless accommodation. Uh, surely, you know, it must kind of break your heart seeing that, particularly coming back from LA, where you would see that kind of wa- that issue widespread. Yeah. Now it's slightly helped by the weather because it's that little bit warmer. Mm. But it must kind of, you know, how do you feel about that as a, as a young Irish person seeing that coming back? Yeah, it's de- yeah, it's definitely quite surprising. Um, yeah. I've- just kind of noticing how, yeah, the expansion here, but it's still, you know, a small city. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm not really sure, yeah, how they're going to deal with that, but it's definitely probably, yeah, it's it's kind of a surprise to see for sure. Mm. Like, it, Yeah, I'd imagine it's um, very emotive and disturbing, you know, for mm. anybody. But, uh, you know, I guess as an artist, all of these things inform your work in some degree, yeah. to some degree. Um, so Yeah, I got I got to work with um, Amanda Coogan with the, the launch of the Contemporary Irish Arts Centre in L.A. over the summer. Okay. Um, so she has her own arts installation called The Ladder is Always There. Um, so I did the music for that and played violin. Um, so it's great to work also with performance artists because, you know, they're, they're kind of connect into what's what's happening also kind of around us um mm-hmm. and that that was a really nice installation that opened the the art center there for a brief period of time um so yeah there's again a nice irish project that was happening in la mm-hmm. one last question about la and i'll let you go back to your day <laughs> okay. um have you any advice for uh, creatives who are thinking about moving over there 
Um, Any do's and don'ts or red flags? Do's and don'ts. Um, yeah, I guess do your research. when If you get there, just try to get into communities that have similar interests. There's there's a lot of different organizations and events happening all the time. So yeah, There's a lot of Irish-oriented events there. There's yeah. Irish Green America right. as well. And, yeah. and the Irish... Uh, what was the name of the organization that you... Um, oh, that was CICLA, uh Contemporary Irish Arts Center, which um, they might be coming back. They were just more of a pop up over the summer. Okay. Um, but yeah, definitely Irish Screen America. Um, and yeah, for music, there's a lot of different events and organizations as well to look out for. Yeah, and you yeah. know, I think. Um, Particularly in Europe, it's you're encouraged to, to to step outside of your own circles, as it were. But in America, it can be a little bit more um, oppressive, particularly mm. financially and stuff. So you would encourage people to very much reach out to other people yeah. who are working in the business over there and go, look, I know I don't know you from Adam, <laughs> but I'm going to be there. Um, would you mind meeting up for a coffee? And maybe are people open to that? Are you yeah. open to that? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think that's kind of how how the circles kind of continue there in LA. That's always happening. Yeah, I think that's that's kind of yeah how you meet people and yeah. just connect. Yeah. yeah. Have you any uh, gossip about any film stars or anything that you want to? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm sure you've had a couple of experiences that were Jesus fucking Christ <laughs> living over there. Um, so yeah, what can we just to wrap up? What can we? What's coming up in the near future? What can we look out for from you? Yeah, I'm going to be working on um, a new a feature film called She the Painter. When I go back, nice. Um, yeah, about a painter who loses her mind and hears hears voices. So like a psychological thriller. Interesting. Who's yeah. behind that? Um, oh, a, a Seattle director. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. That's exciting. Yeah. Uh, good to be working, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Great to be working. Uh, yeah, so thanks a million for coming in and uh, we really appreciate your, t- appreciate your time. Continued success and if you'd like to um, if you'd like to hear any more of Emer's work, they can go to... Oh, uh, www.emerkinsella.com E-M-E-R-K-I-N-S-E-L-L-A um, or on Instagram, Immersion Music E-M-E-R-S-I-O-N Music and you're obviously on Spotify and SoundCloud as well. Yeah, right? find my name. Yeah, also under Emer Kinsella. Brilliant. Yeah, uh, yeah continued success and Thank best you. of luck with everything. Yeah, great being on on the show. Thanks yeah, a lot. Thanks for coming.